trees, about moving. <laughs> and like I said, I'm not asking you, we've had some families that have moved. Uh, last week we spoke about that because of the pandemic. That's not what I'm referring to today. Um, and uh, so we, we, what we're talking about is the move of God in our lives and for us to realize that God moves us along in our spiritual journey. And so it's time to move today, as we heard our passage of scripture, from death to destiny. And so this is our uh, second week, and we realize today that uh, the faith of the church, the faith of Christ, is always a faith that is moving, that is moving forward. It is never stagnant. It is never at a place where we feel that we've ever come to a place where we've arrived. There is always an opportunity to grow and to move forward in our lives. And so we praise God for that. Uh, last week, uh, we looked at the widow. Remember that? We looked at those that were here. We were looking at struggling to surplus. And we looked at the widow who um, didn't have very much. <laughs> she went to the cupboard. And the cupboard was bare. But there was only that little bit of oil and so the prophet said to her, now you go and ask all your neighbors and family for as many containers as you can find. Go in and shut the door with your sons and begin to pour the little you have. And God began to do a miracle and filled her with surplus. All these jars were open and filled. But the key was God gave her enough to pay off her debts and enough to live on with her and her sons. And so that was a beautiful story about how God wants to move us from struggling to surplus. And so now this week we're looking at it's time to move from death to destiny. Uh, when I was a teenager, any of you teenagers say this on a trip that your parents take you on and you're not too crazy going? Are we there yet? We know children will say that. Uh, I, it was the norm for our family. Every summer, we had to take the trip, where? To Prince Edward Island. Now, Newfoundland was even further. That was like, oh dear. But anyway, every summer, uh, we would come to Prince Edward Island, because my stepfather is from the island, and, uh, and we would do our summer track from Toronto down, and that long trip, and he was a truck driver by trade, and heavy equipment operator for Curran and Briggs, and so... His decision was, if you were going to drive to PEI, you drove straight through. <laughs> Heaven forbid you'd want to stop at the washroom. Now, none of you men are like that, right? No. And, and so we were on the trip, and I was about 13. It was one of our, it would be my second year coming, and, and um, everything was fine. You know, our, our idea of the trip down, it was long for me, but, you know, it went the same way pretty well. But the worst area for our family... You might know where it is, was Montreal. Nothing against the city of Montreal, but Montreal became very, very stressful for our family. You, you could feel the stress as we were getting close to Montreal. And then a lot of things have changed. Some of you will never experience back in the day, right? Trying to find that right road, that right tunnel. And, and anyway, so I was about 13, and the trip had been going well, and everything was wonderful at that point, and everybody was cheery, and we got through Montreal, and it seemed so simple, and it was wonderful, and we drove for about another two hours, and my stepdad, who's the truck driver, says, something is right. <laughs> Something's wrong here. And then all of a sudden, we hit Trois-Rivières. 
And we continued to drive and look for a place to stop. Now, some of you are laughing. And, and when we stopped, there was the language barrier. And uh, my, my, none of us spoke French. And then, of course, we got growled at why weren't we doing well with French in school. And uh, they didn't speak English. And so we stopped at one <laughs> gas station and another trying to get turned around and trying to figure out what went wrong. And eventually we realized we were on the wrong road. We were north of the river. And we were supposed to be south of the river. Now, today, you can go across the bridge, but that wasn't there then. So our family had to go all the way back to Montreal, again, heaven forbid, and find the right turnoff and the right road to get going in the right direction. And so we were on the wrong road. That's exactly what Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus. He's starting, yes, we 8 and 9, verse 8 and 9 are our verses today, but you need to really hear, as Mark read for us, those first 10 verses. And in particular, you need to hear those first three verses, because that is the sense here, what Paul is saying in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. He says, we are all traveling on the wrong road. We've been traveling on the wrong road. It is a road that leads to death. Now, many times when we say the word death, you think, oh, physical death. And yes, we will all experience physical death. But the point is the road is leading to spiritual death, which eventually will mean complete separation from God and the things of God. And so he says, you know, here in verses 1, hear those verses 1 to 3 again. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Paul says in these first three verses, he reveals what it actually looks like to be traveling on the wrong road in life. To, to be going down to that road that leads to destruction. He says you live according to the world's standards and the world's values. He says you're under the power of the enemy, Satan. Many, you know, that's the amazing thing for me. Many people, and even ourselves, when we were, we didn't fully comprehend that or understand that. We are disobedient as we want to take things in our own hands and do it what? My way. Our lives are at the mercy of our desires, our wishes, our wants. Human beings left to themselves will always choose the wrong direction. Will always choose, Paul says, to run, go down that wrong road to demise, destruction, and eventually spiritual death. We're all been on that road. And so he says it's time for us to realize that. He, he says what leads to death and disaster is this present age. He uses that term, and it's this values of the world, the ways of the world, and oh my goodness, the things that we see that are discussed today and going on. And, and you know, it's like you're just going with the flow. 
You're just following along the crowd. Now, some of you, <laughs> you know, I, I, Pastor Mike and I think of the strangest things, and you probably say amen to that. And I'm preparing this message, and you know what I'm seeing? Some of you guys are too young for this, but Pink Floyd's song, You're Just Another Brick in the Wall. Why did I say that? Because there's part of that video, I'm not promoting Pink Floyd, but there's part of that video that just shows people with blinders on, marching, walking, and falling over an abyss, one after another, just... And to me, that was the picture that God was giving me, that if we're not careful, if we're not on the right road, we're just following the world's values, and one by one, we're falling uh, and going down and marching forward, but eventually we fall over a terrible abyss. Just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean it's right. And then he says there is the, the words that he uses, the ruler of the power of the air. We know scripture talks about our battles against what? Principalities and powers in high places. There is this reality that there is an enemy of our soul that wants you to stay on the wrong road. That wants to lead you to demise and destruction and death. That's his role that he's been wanting to do ever since the fall to destroy God and God's kingdom and God's purposes. And so he uses this word sin here. And sin basically is the wrong road walking towards spiritual death. You see, sin kills our innocence. Oh, how I would love today to be able to turn back the clock. How, how I would love to be able to go back and change decisions I made that caused me so much pain and caused other people pain. The regrets. Do you ever have those? I know I have a few. And you know the truth today is we can't go back. None of us can go back. None of us can change those things that we wish we could. But praise God today that Jesus can take away the shame and the guilt. Amen. And set you free from them. You know, in the presence of God, and I know in my own life, conviction we call it, but in the presence of God and the godly things, there is this reality of who we are, and, and it repels us. And sometimes don't be surprised if people are repelled by godly things, because it means that the Holy Spirit is working, because even Isaiah, when he had a vision of God, what did he say? Woe is me, and I am a man with unclean lips, and I live among the people of unclean lips. Even Peter, the great apostle of the Lord, what did he say when the Lord came to him the first time there? Depart for me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. See, there's something within us that no, we know that sin has caused us to be on the wrong road. That we are far from God and far from his presence. But I praise God today that there is an open door for each and every one of us. Someone told this story of a young child, a runaway child, that had gone off and made a mess of their lives. And now we're in a bad place and on the streets and in so many addictions, and this young girl was even prostituting herself, and she had fallen so far that she felt she could never return home. Now I want you just to imagine when the news came to her 
that her parents' door was always open and there was a place for her to come home. How would that make her feel? Well, that's almost the story of the prodigal son, isn't it, in the Bible? But that is even greater, the story of each one of us. When we became that person who realized that, yes, I had messed up. Yes, I have sinned. Yes, I have fallen short of the glory of God. And, you know, actually the word sin, what is sin? Sin is missing the mark, the very thing that God wants us to do, to be on the right road. We've been on the wrong road. And so the wonderful thing is there is still an open door. Praise God for his grace. The door is still open today. Sin slowly destroys our will. Starts to give us desires for pleasures that become now a burden, a way of life. And even for many as we work with heroin addicts and addiction, those things that the world promoted that were so much fun and so wonderful when we were younger, we begin to realize that they now were enslaved to them and the will is now under those, the power of those things. But I want to tell you today, praise God, that God can do a new work in your life and you can get to a place where you don't want those things anymore. All you want is to please God. Amen. He does that work within us. So what's God's answer to get us off the wrong road? <laughs> One name, his name is Jesus. Jesus even said, what did he say? I'm the right road. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. God has provided a way for each one of us to get off the wrong road and get on the right road. And it's in that moment when we do that we move from death to destiny. But you know what we need to do? We need to realize today, as many of us already have, I'm on the wrong road. Just like we had to uh, pass Montreal on that day. We're on the wrong road. We need to stop. We need to turn around. We need to go and get back on God's road and what he has for us. Then Paul goes into this passage and talks about all these wonderful things of God. He talks about God's kindness and God's mercy and God's great love for us and that grace has saved us and grace is rich beyond any word that we could share and God lavished his kindness upon us. And then those beautiful verses we saw on the screen this morning, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. God has a gift for us, a wonderful gift for each one of us. One of my most memorable gifts is not one that Pastor Mike gave me. Not one of the most expensive, I joke about that because it was our 43rd anniversary this week. Um, not, not, you know, an expensive gift. It was a small little box. When I was preparing this message and thinking about gifts, it's the memory that came to mind to share. We had been working at the food bank in Toronto where Pastor Mike was the director. And the church I pastored, it was our role to come down and serve a meal once a month. And so we would go down and serve a meal once a month. And the, the month before, this is, this, when I received the gift, it was actually the month that we went to serve the last meal before Christmas. But the month previously I had gone and I had 
frustrating opportunities there many times because the kids were literally jumping all over the tables, they were all over the place, and so I came up with the idea that we would have coloring sheets and I had a tin of crayons and this is what we were planning all out. And it worked one or two months. And then the next month, the month before Christmas, I show up and my tin of crayons is missing. And I was not impressed. Somebody decided to take the tin of crayons and walk with it. And so the kids showed up and we had coloring sheets, but we had no crayons. So this month, it's now the last meal before Christmas. Young Chris walks in the back, and he walks right up to me. Chris has been uh, having mental, uh, mental health issues. He needed help to come to the food bank. Things weren't going well for him. And so he would come, a very nice young man. And he came up, and he had this little box, and he said, Pastor Betty, I have a gift for you, a Christmas gift. And I'm thinking, Why, wait a minute, we're here to give you gifts. We're here to feed you. What are you doing bringing me a gift? And so I looked at this little box, perfectly wrapped, bow on it, the whole thing, to Pastor Betty from Chris. And as I opened up the box, it was a box of crayons. Chris had been there the month ago and, and realized we didn't have crayons. And so Chris, who had very little means, took the time to go and buy that box of crayons and to wrap it up and to make sure he was there that night to give it to me. And that gift has always stayed with me, that giving of himself, that thoughtfulness. That's what a gift is supposed to be about. But oh, my friends, there is a gift that goes larger and greater than that. It is the wonderful gift of God through Christ Jesus, that God wants to give you the gift of life. God wants to give you the, uh, the gift of destiny. He has provided everything you need in order to walk in his ways. And it's all because of his grace. None of us have done anything to deserve it. There was this couple who decided, the husband uh, loved his wife very much, and it was their anniversary, and it's not about us, <laughs> or about Paul and Barry that had their anniversary this week. Um, and, and so it was a very special anniversary, and the husband didn't want to spare any expense, and he took her out, his wife, to a very, very fancy uh, restaurant, and they had a wonderful night together until he put his hand in his back pocket and realized he had no money and forgot his wallet. And he's sitting there thinking, as she just thinks this is just wonderful, so he's thinking, how am I going to pay for this? And what am I going to do? This is embarrassing. And so he calls the waiter over and he whispers to him and he tells him his predicament and, and he feels so ashamed. And in that moment, the, the waiter says, this is a true story, the waiter says to him, don't worry, no problem. It's all been paid for. And see, unbeknownst to him, his senior partner at work had called ahead and said to him, pay for whatever they need tonight. It's all paid for. Now, can you imagine in that moment how that man felt when he moved from shame to delight, realizing that this dinner that he had forgotten his wallet and couldn't even pay for was totally paid for. And that brought some joy that night into that anniversary celebration. Oh, my friends, how much more can we today celebrate the reality of this free gift that God has paid for in the price and the blood 
of Christ that has been shed and the resurrection of the him coming up out of the grave, that God has paid the price once and for all for all of us, that we can move from the wrong road onto God's right road. And we all enter the same way Amen. by his grace. And we stay walking on that right road by his grace. It is by grace through faith. So God has a plan for each of us. Look at verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Once we're on that right road, God has a destiny and a plan for us. Paul says, you are God's handiwork. You are God's workmanship. Just like a sculptor. I kept thinking of David, uh, the sculptor of David in, in Italy when I stood there and looked at it. Or the Pieta and those things that were just beautiful, just beyond words. You cannot even explain it. Or a beautiful piece of poetry. Or that beautiful piece of music. God is saying, that's what you are to me. You're my workmanship. You're my handiwork. I, I want to make something beautiful out of you in your life that will honor me and glorify me. That's your destiny. Your destiny is to worship God and to worship Him wholly and for eternity. That's your destiny that God has for you. It is a destiny of life, not death and destruction, not hell. It is a destiny of life now and life into eternity. That's what God has for you. That is his plan. Paul says a little paradox here that we need to remind ourselves of. In verse 8 there, he says that uh, we can't work for our salvation. It's not because you're good enough. It's not because you've crossed all your T's and dotted your I's. None of us are good enough. It was interesting today as we had a discussion with Kelly in the back room and prayed for her today in her baptism that we had that discussion, you know, we don't deserve this. And we said in the room all together, none of us deserve it. It's all grace. We can't work for it. But Paul says, once you know his grace, once you experience his grace, once you know you are his handiwork, then you begin to work out your salvation. There are things in your life that begin to, you begin to do for the kingdom of God, like teaching uh, a group of youth on Wednesday night. Whatever those things that God is asking you to do, he wants to use you for the furthering of his kingdom. Jeremiah 29, 11, you know the scripture, says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans. They are plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. My friends, you have a destiny. You have a vocation. You have a calling. And it's to be on that right road with God. But ultimately, here we come down to the reality. I'd love to just pick up people in their mess and their situations and their struggles and just go like this and put them over here. As pastors, as family members, wouldn't we? Oh, we say amen to that. I'd just love to pick you up and put you on the right road and let you experience what I've experienced. But that's not how it works. Ultimately, it's all of our choices. We get to make that choice. Life is full of choices. I was thinking of these few things. Now, I'm going to get you involved for just a moment. 
So there is that Pepsi and Coca-Cola crowd. Who would choose Pepsi today? Who would choose Coca-Cola? Oh, very few. Very, very few. But we would. We have a choice. If I had a choice, it would be Coca-Cola. Now, years ago, this was the choice between Chevy and Ford. Not anymore. Who would pick a Ford? Oh. Who would pick a Chevy? A few. There you go. Look at that. And who's going to win the next Stanley Cup? Is it going to be the Habs or the Leafs? Neither. <laughs> Neither. This guy should. <laughs> I say that lightly just to say we have choices. Every day we have choices. We make choices every day. I forget the number that somebody said how many choices we make a day. Uh, my friends, this is the greatest choice you will ever make. It is the greatest choice. When you choose to stop, when you choose to turn around, when you choose to get off that wrong road and get on that right road with God. But you have to stop. You have to admit that you've been on the wrong road. You have to turn your life around. That's repentance. And get on that right road. And praise God, it's all done through God's grace through the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That choice will lead you to life. That choice will lead you not to destruction, not to death, but to destiny. Romans 10.9 tells us how we do that. How do we get on that road, Pastor Betty? Well, I'll tell you how you get on that. It says in 10.9, Romans, Paul said to the church in Rome, if you confess, with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's all it is. Confess that he is your Lord, that he is King, that he is God. You confess with your mouth. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that he is indeed the one, the one who has been resurrected, that he today is alive. We don't serve some dead God. We don't serve some statue. We serve a God who is alive. That's what the resurrection is about. The first fruits of what we're going to experience on that great resurrection day. And if you believe that, Paul says you're saved. You will be saved. That's all it is. We confess and we believe. I'm going to ask the worship team to come as we bring this message to a close. Here's the choice today. Will you follow God's way? Or are you going to continue to follow, follow your own way? Do you see what the problem is? The problem is if you're enjoying the ride, you don't like someone telling you that you're on the wrong road. Did you hear that? If you are enjoying the ride, even though it is the wrong road and leading to destruction, and you're enjoying it, the one thing you don't like is someone telling you that you're on the wrong road. That's my role today. That is the role of the Word of God. That is the role of us who preach the Word, is to tell you... I love you enough to tell you that you're on the wrong road and that road will lead to death and destruction and eventually hell. Why would we continue on the wrong road? 
when God has the right road for us, a road of life and life to the full, a road of destiny, a road of eternal hope to one day be with him for eternity. Why would we choose the wrong road? Ultimately, my friends today, it's your choice. And as the worship team are going to come, I believe the children are going to join us back up from junior church. I believe it's only right today we give the opportunity to say to people today, are you on the right road? Now some of us could have been on the right road at one point in our lives, and we know today if we're on the wrong road. Well, praise God, all you have to do is turn around. All you got to do is get on that right road. Remember I said the door is open. The door of God's grace is still open. And you can get back on that right road. Some of you today, one of the things we've been praying for today is response. When the word of God is preached, we pray for response. Because that's what God's word is all about. There came a day when I walked down an aisle to respond to a call. Pastor Mike did that November. He's soon coming to a spiritual birthday. People in this church can point to dates when, when they walked down an aisle and they said, this is my choice, Jesus. And so when we sing this song, I'm not going to say any more, but you know today if you're on the wrong road. And I believe the Lord has sent this message today for this purpose to help you to get on his road, the right road. And we would love to pray for you. We invite you to come, and we'll just have you stand across the front, and we will pray for you. Would you stand with us as we sing this song?